Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. People tend to think about motivation as something that some people have and others don't. The truth is that we all have the same amount of motivation because motivation plays a role in every decision that we make and every action we take. This means that you already have all the motivation you need to accomplish your goals. The only thing standing in your way is a deeper awareness of how motivation actually works and what truly motivates you. I hope this podcast helps you discover and utilize the motivation you've always had inside you. Now, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. Today is a solo podcast. Little peek behind the curtain as we get started. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. It's January 2nd. I usually schedule interviews for Monday afternoon, but yesterday was New Year's Day, so didn't have an interview on the calendar, and although I usually have pre-recorded interviews set up and scheduled to release in advance, I did not have one this week. So today will be a little different feel because it's just me behind the microphone, but I'm really excited about this. I'm actually hoping that I will do more solo episodes like this in the new year. And for today specifically, I have a topic that I've really been dying to talk about. I've thought about writing on it. And then when I knew that I needed a podcast, I felt like this would be the perfect space to talk some of this out. So if you know me, you know how much I love setting goals. That sounds like a good thing at first, but in a weird way, it can actually be sort of an obstacle. I've learned that I sometimes enjoy setting goals more than actually accomplishing them. And the more I think about that, the more I feel like I can identify the problem. So when I set a goal, I experience in a small way how it might feel to accomplish the goal. And that gives me an instantaneous dopamine release because I'm imagining myself finishing the goal, I'm imagining myself doing the thing, and in a way, it's like I'm buying something on credit, really. I get the reward or a portion of the reward immediately, but in doing that, I'm postponing all of the pain that it's going to take to actually accomplish that goal. There are several problems with this perspective, and the main one is that it doesn't mirror one of the most important lessons I've learned about motivation over the last 12 months. In case you're new here and you didn't catch it in the introduction or in the last 57 episodes of this podcast, I realized in the year 2023, which is now last year, that's crazy to think about, I realized that I and most others have had the wrong approach to motivation for far too long. Motivation is not something that we all have in different supplies. In fact, we all bring the same amount of motivation to the table. And this podcast, first and foremost, is about helping you discover the motivation that you've always had inside of you. Now, here's one of the most important things to know about motivation. Every action includes both a cost and a reward. And what often holds us back from pursuing our goals is that we tend to prioritize the actions with the greater short-term benefit, even if we're unintentionally choosing the higher long-term cost at the same time. So let's take that idea and now go back to where we started. So in my life, when I set lots of goals and I feel good about doing it, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too. I'm feeling this sense of excitement because I will equate setting the goal with 
achieving the goal. And in reality, I'm biting off more than I can chew and I'm not able to sustain that momentum that I feel like I had when I started. So I've experienced this a number of times over the past several years, and it's brought me to this place where I'm refreshing my approach to goal setting a little bit in 2024. Now, I'm still setting goals because I ultimately believe that a year without goals is a year without purpose and direction. That being said, I'm not doing goals in the same way in 2024 that I did in 2023. First of all, I'm setting less goals. I'm realizing that in past years when I've had anywhere from 20 to 30 or maybe even more goals, I wasn't truly invested in all of them. I thought that success either came from setting a certain number of goals or having a lot of goals that I was working on at the same time, but I didn't truly care about all of them and sustaining progress on every single one of those goals was never realistic. I'm going to share a lot of my goals for the new year in this particular episode, and by the time we're done, you'll realize that I've only got six or seven goals total for this year, but I've thought very critically about them, and I feel like these are the goals that will have the highest possible leverage and impact on my life in multiple domains, not just my work, not just my physical health, but really my life as a whole. The other thing that I'm learning about goals is that not all goals should be treated equally, and that's really what I want to spend most of the time on in this episode. So in past years, when I've made a massive list with a bunch of goals, I haven't been able to sustain progress because, like I said before, I've got this list of 20 to 30 things, and I have no idea how to keep track of everything. I imagine I'm not the only one who's ever been overwhelmed by a list that is too long to manage. So this year, I'm trying to streamline the process of fulfilling different goals by handling them in ways that feel more effortless and more automatic, which probably sounds like a counterintuitive approach to goal setting, but as we get further into this episode, you'll see what I mean. So here's what I want to do today. I want to tell you about five different types of goals that I have for 2024 and how I'm tracking each of them. Now remember, I've only got six or seven goals total, but as we go throughout this episode, you're going to see that a lot of the things that I may have considered goals in the past, I'm not calling them goals this year. That doesn't mean that I'm not trying to work in these areas. That just means that I am approaching them differently and in a way that I think is going to be better. So my goal in this approach in my own life is to increase my chances of doing more and accomplishing more in 2024. And I hope that this information can have a similar impact in your life as well. So let's get into the five specific types of goals and a little bit of a spoiler. I'm going to give each category a different name. Only one of them is going to be called a goal. Um, Although they all fit into the category of goals in some form or fashion, I think by giving them different names, we're able to understand better how they serve us and how we can track them. So first up, we have the wishes, we have the aspirations. There are a few things that make these different from goals, as you could probably imagine just given the name. First of all, a wish is not something that you fully control. I think that the best goals are ones that you can quantify. They're things that you largely can drive, again, largely can control. Wishes are not that way. There's maybe an element of luck or circumstances with wishes, they're also not critical to my success for the year. Will the year be better if some of these things happen? Yes, absolutely. Will it totally derail my progress if they don't happen? No, not at all. So why am I including them? 
Well, for one, I think if any one of these wishes happened or if more than one happened, it'd be a lot of fun. They each represent opportunities to make memories or establish connection points with people I love. I'm also putting them on my list because I don't want them to fall off my radar. If they don't happen this year for whatever reason, I don't want it to be because I personally dropped the ball or forgot about them. So I'll give you a couple examples and then I'll help you think about how you might be able to incorporate this one in your life. So one of my wishes for the year, I want to be in Arlington on March 28th when the Texas Rangers hang their World Series banner. And I want to do that with my dad and my brother. We've grown up going to Rangers games together. We went to game one of the World Series last year, had an incredible time, a night that I'll never forget. And I want to follow that up by being back in the stands when they celebrate their championship. Another wish for this year, I want to travel to Washington, D.C. I've got some friends and family in the area that I haven't been able to go out to visit yet. We've talked about going for years, and my hope is that it finally happens in 2024. One more wish, I want to take golf lessons in the spring. I enjoy golfing. I've never been a great golfer, but I feel like if I was able to take a few lessons, I'd be able to get some things to work on and see an instant improvement in how I play on the course. So you can probably see a few themes here. First of all, these largely have to do with my personal life, with hobbies, with relationships. And although all of those things are very important, there's a little bit of a, again, a lack of control over these things. They all require money to some degree, which makes them a little more circumstantial, I guess. But I think that they're important to envision and important to track because, again, they represent fun memories, they represent connection points, and they're things that I want to make sure don't fall off my radar this year in case there's potential for them to happen. So the first type of goal is a wish or an aspiration. Pick whatever name for it that you want. The second type of goal that I want to talk about is also not really even a goal. It's a question. And here's why I think this is important. This actually came up in a coaching session that I had this morning. I think that thinking about things that we want to accomplish is very important, but I also think that we need to be aware of the areas or the uncertainties where we're trying to gain more information because when we prime our brains to look for facts or supporting data around these issues and around these topics, we're more ready to see it and process it whenever it becomes available. So for me, this has a lot to do with my new leadership development business that I'm starting, Clear Path Leadership. My hope is to serve emerging leaders and growing teams, especially in the Oklahoma City area because that's where I live. I'm really excited about the potential of this company, but I know that there is also a lot to learn in the year 2024. And so one of the questions that I want to be front of mind this year is, is ClearPath viable for the long term? What does it look like to get this business started? Who are we serving? Where is there the greatest need for what we have to offer? And I want to keep this question in mind because I want to be ready to receive this information as it becomes available. So first type of goal is a wish. Second type of goal is a question. The third type of goal is a habit. So these are daily goals. These are things that you're trying to accomplish each day. And for me, I feel like the greatest way to track these is to put them in a habit tracker that I'm looking at and I'm checking off 
every day. So this one is probably the most similar to how you've thought about traditional goals. And it's also the one that I think has the highest leverage. We tend to think about goals as big things that we want to accomplish at some point, but when we don't break them down into these daily small steps, they can quickly become ambiguous and too big to really comprehend. So I know this is also important for me because some of the things that most drive my success, these are things like starting the day with Bible reading or with reading a leadership or business book or going to the gym or having some time to journal. These are the things that really set me up for success in the rest of my day. So that's one of my daily habits. Another one of my daily habits is logging my calories. I think about something John Acuff said in Finnish when he's talking about data. He says emotions will lie to you, but data will not. And that's very true for me when it comes to what I eat. If I'm trying to judge how full I feel based off of feelings, it's very easy for me to overeat. If I'm able to incorporate that data into that decision-making process, it's much easier for me to make that informed decision to stop eating before I eat too much. So these daily habits are very important to me. And I think the overall goal here is consistency. I know going in that I'm not going to bat a thousand for the entire year in logging my calories and having my morning quiet time. Another one of my habits that I track, I set three goals every day. I usually try to set them the night before because I'm less likely to give myself a pass the night before than I am the morning of when I'm trying to decide if I really want to do the hard thing at work or if I want to go for an early morning run. It's easier to lock those things in the night before than it is the morning of. And I've talked about that one on the podcast before as well. So the goal with all of these daily habits is consistency. Even if I don't check every single box every single day, I want to be hitting those habits more often than not. So review, we've got the wish, we've got the question, we've got the habit, and then we've got the appointment. So appointment is the language that I'm using for a one-time goal. And I'm categorizing these differently because I don't want these to take up space in my list of goals when it's not really necessary. I'll give you an example of one of my appointment goals for 2024. I plan to run a marathon. I've done a couple half marathons before. I did an Olympic triathlon last year, and I want to do my first marathon in 2024. I'm actually signed up for the Oklahoma City Marathon in April. Really excited about that one. But because it's a one-time goal, because I'm already signed up, because I've already got my training in motion, I don't need that clouding space in my list of goals. So it's an appointment. It's in my calendar. I know it's coming. I don't need to do anything else at this point with that. Another great example of an appointment goal would be a holiday tradition. So if you want to do something special at Christmas or for the 4th of July, you could put that on a list if you wanted, or what I think is more effective if you use an electronic calendar like a lot of us do these days, put that in the calendar and then you don't even really have to think about it. You know it's in the calendar, you know it's coming, and that's a great way to lock in that goal ahead of time. So we've got four goals down so far. We've talked about the wish, we've talked about the question, we've talked about the habit, and we've talked about the appointment. And then lastly, we have recurring goals, which for the sake of this list, we will call these goals. These are the only goals that I'm leaving in my list because these are the only ones that I need to concern myself with tracking on a regular basis. Everything else, I can either get to it when I'm able, like I don't have to 
make a periodic habit of trying to find answers to these questions. I know that when it creeps back into my mind, I'll be able to go and look at that list of questions that I'm trying to answer in the new year and be able to provide some sort of feedback or some sort of response. Whereas with the habit tracker, I already have that habit locked in of checking those boxes every day. It's a part of my morning ritual. It's something that I do when I journal, when I read. If that's not a habit for you yet, that may be one that you have to build up. There are a lot of easy ways to do that. I think about things like habit stacking. I think about just putting it in the visible place where you can see it get a habit tracker. I use James Clear's Atomic Habits Journal. Really like that habit tracker. So you could buy that. It's like $25. Put that near your coffee maker or put that next to your car keys every night so you know to track those habits first thing in the morning. Um, All of that to say these recurring goals, which are things that I maybe do once every couple of weeks or once a month. These are really the things that I want to keep top of mind. I'll give you an example of one of these. My goal by the end of the year is to apply for my next level coaching credential. I need 500 hours of coaching experience to apply for that credential. And I've got 250 right now. So I know how many I need to average each month. And I know that if I regularly come back to track my progress toward that goal, it'll be easy to see how much ground I've made up, how close I am, and if I need to adjust those recurring targets at all. So let's quickly go over the five types of goals again. So we had the wish. This is something that you would like to do, but maybe it's not entirely under your control or you're not sure if it'll happen yet. You have the question, which is something that you lack certainty on and you want to gain information or gain understanding in the new year. You have the habit, which is something that you want to do daily or regularly that you could easily track in a habit tracker or something similar. You have the appointment, which is a one-time goal that you can book on your calendar. And then finally, you have recurring goals, which are the goals that you want to make some sort of practice of periodically checking in on or evaluating your progress. I hope that's helpful. I enjoyed having the solo conversation today. Maybe in the next six months or so, I'll come back on to give an update about how each of my goals are going in these five areas. And I would love to hear about the specific goals that you're setting as well. As a reminder, we record new episodes weekly. We have a new podcast come out every Thursday and we'll sprinkle in a few bonus episodes throughout the month as well. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, left us a rating and a review, we would really appreciate that. We see a lot of growth coming in the new year and we're grateful that you're a part of this community and along for the ride. Remember, you already have all of the motivation you need to achieve your goals and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. 
BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com mfrp. That's betterhelp.com mfrp. Check it out and sign up today.